Praise the Lord. Good morning, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm reminded of Psalm 122.1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I look forward to getting together with uh, my family here at Manifest Church, getting together with you who will be watching later or those who are watching now. We praise God for you. And we just ask that you uh, just... Open your heart to the Lord, to what he wants to say to you today. And I want to wish you from us a Merry Christmas. Uh, this is a season to rejoice, even in dark times, even in the most darkest time. As believers, we bring a message of hope. And that message is that the light of the world has come. Jesus Christ, he came on a, uh, as a babe in a manger. Remember, he was born, and he, in his birth, brought light into this dark world and, and salvation to mankind. And so we're so happy, uh, even though in this time, some of us have, have gone through some very difficult times. We have lost loved ones. We have um, seen some hardships. Maybe have lost a job. Maybe whatever it is, some difficulties that you experience. But I want you to know that there is hope. And the hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not a cliche. This is the truth. Everything can be going to hell in a handbasket around you. But if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you, you, you have the victory. Because our faith is our victory. Our faith in Him, He is the object of our faith. And so we trust in Him, we look to Him. We, 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 no matter what we're facing, even the loss of life around us, we look to Him, the author and perfecter of our faith. We look to the Lord Jesus who promised us eternal life. And you know what? It's not just for us, but we got to share this message with our neighbors, our friends, our family members. Tell them. Go tell it on the mountain. Everywhere you go, go tell it that Jesus Christ is born. And Jesus wants to be born in their hearts through the Holy Spirit. So let's um, just remember that, man. Keep Christmas. Keep this, this season. Don't let the, the, the pain and the suffering of this world drown out Christ in your life and drown, drown out that, the message of Christmas. I know... Every day we ought to be doing this, but this is a special time of year that is truly focused in, a, a, on his birth and why he came. And so I want to encourage you, saints of God, to remember it's not about a Santa Claus, it's about Jesus Christ and him alone. The birth of our Lord Jesus, the one who came, Emmanuel, God with us. That is the message of Christmas. It's the message of Christmas that we can have eternal life, that we in this dark world can have light and in this dark world, we can have hope, and we can rejoice in that. And I just want to encourage you, keep Christmas. I know there are times, it's like, you, know, I, you know, I was thinking about it myself, this, you know, oh, should I, I always have that struggle with me. Oh, man, because this is work, you got to put up lights, and you got to do some things. And maybe some people might be baking or, or doing things that they like to do traditionally for their family and friends and neighbors. And, and you're feeling like, man, I'm so overwhelmed by this world and the things that are going on around me, and you just... Just don't feel like you have that the, the spirit of Christmas in you, of Christ just working in you. You know what that is? It's our flesh. Put it down and say, you know what, Lord, in this dark time, what an opportunity. All eyes are on Christians at this time. All eyes are on this message of hope. And what a, what, what, why would we dwindle that light? Why would we keep it in a bowl? Man, do what God has put in your heart to do and, 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 and just say, God, give me the strength to, to do it. And, you know, I think about... In my neighborhood, I like to put up the nativity scene, and it's to me, it's an opportunity to witness to those who drive by. 
that they would see it's not about a Santa Claus, it's cute and all that, but that's not the reason for the season. The reason for the season is the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And uh, if I don't do it, if I don't put it up, then I'm, I'm like keeping that light under a bowl. And I was like, Lord, that's a way of witness. That's one way. I mean, of course, we're to share, we're to preach, but that's going to share too. That's going to show. Uh, and so I want to encourage you to remember that even in the hustle and bustle and the struggles that we face, keep Christmas and begin to share with people the love of Christ in this time. There are people who are hurting, who have lost loved ones. Be there to comfort them with the message of hope. Be there to love on them, give them food, give them, uh, bring cheer to their hearts. You never know what a hug, uh, that, that, that those cookies that you bake for your friend or, or that, that uh, co-worker, how long that will go. Why? Because of the act of love. God, who is rich in mercy, God, uh, who loved the world. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. That is the greatest gift that we can give somebody, Jesus. So will you, think, will you, will you ponder that this week? Would you think about that as you've been going through this, to keep Christmas, to keep this time, to, to remind those around you, Jesus is the reason for the season, through your actions, through your words, through those, those hugs that you give people. Go visit a, an elderly loved one. Go see them. Go encourage them in this time. And you're going to see the joy of the Lord be your strength, even in the dark times in your life. Let's, uh, continue. Let's pray as we get to jump right into the Word. Uh, that's just a little intro, uh, just because my heart's full because of what God has done and believe me, we've gone through some things this year that we could be all disheartened and, and, and we could be in a certain way. But you know what? We need to rejoice. Why? Because this is not our home. No matter, this is all going to burn. This is all going to go. This is not going to be here. But what will remain is our soul. And if our soul is right with God, if we have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we can rejoice that we have a, a, a perfect place awaiting us. Hallelujah. He says, I go. Where I go, I prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. Hallelujah. The streets of gold. Amen. God is doing and preparing a place for us. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him. Hallelujah. So we can rejoice in that. Even in the midst of all the turmoil in our lives, we can rejoice in our future home with him forevermore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithful love for us. Thank you for the gift that you gave us, Lord. And we celebrate Christmas remembering the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the, the gift, the, the child that was born, the, the Son of God who came to bring salvation to, to people, to, to bring where there was gloom, to bring joy, where there was darkness, to bring light, where there was death, to bring life and immortality to light through the gospel. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And this morning, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come upon me to be able to preach your word. God, I can't do this on my own strength. I'm not capable. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. But God, you are. And I ask you to speak through me. Have your way, Lord, in this moment. For those who are here in this house, listening, those who are going to be watching, those who are watching now, those who will listen later, God, that the Holy Spirit will captivate their hearts and bring about a transformation in their life as we get in your word today. Lord, you reminded us many times in Scripture, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. 
And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we Last week we started uh, being uh, to be prepared for the battle. We were in Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to read this to you. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and on we're going to read. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in, the mighty, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith by which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. Thank you for the reading of God's word. You know, we were talking about putting on this armor, and we, we, we talked about last week that we need to be strong in the, in the, the Lord and in his mighty power. That our, our ability to wage war in the spirit isn't on our own, but it is through, the, through being submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. To being submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When our lives are submitted to him, then we're able to resist the devil in our lives. And, and not only are we resisting, you know, sometimes we think everything is spiritual uh, in the sense outwardly. But you also have to understand you have a flesh a body of flesh that is warring against your soul. It is, there's an internal battle between the spirit and the soul. Your flesh has desires that are contrary to the will of God. And that there is a battle going on within you. When you are born again, that battle begins. Why? Because now the spirit of God dwells in your, in your members. He is there and he is uh, causing you and wooing you to do the will of God. It is the spirit of God that is causing that war within you. When you, when you know that, oh man, I, my flesh wants to do this and it's wrong, it's sinful. And yet the Spirit of God says, no, don't do it. Honor the Lord your body. Use what once was for sin for instruments of righteousness, right? God begins to do something different. He begins to work something in your life. He, his Spirit begins to contend with your flesh and, 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 and begin to cause you to see there's a better way to walk. That that path is narrow, but it's the best way it leads to life. And so we talked about there's a spiritual battle. So not only are you fighting uh, spiritual forces of evil out here, but you are fighting an internal battle with your own flesh. It's because the Bible says we are, because of sin, we're born sinful, right? We were born in sin. And not only do we have a sinful nature, but we sin by choice. We didn't only inherit sin from Adam and Eve, but we ourselves choose to sin. And so we need to understand that in order for us to win this battle, because we're in this body of death, as the Apostle Paul writes in 
Romans 7 is a body of death. But praise be to God for our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Because of him, we can have the victory over our flesh. We can, we can say no to the flesh and its passions and desires. We can, we can crucify the flesh, as the Bible tells us. Those who live by the Spirit have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, as it says in Galatians chapter 5. We can, we can do these things through him. Remember, Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. You have to understand that as believers, we have to understand there is nothing that we can do apart from Jesus Christ. It is in him and him alone that we have strength and we have power to overcome our flesh, the devil, and this world. You can't do this in your own strength. And every time that you try, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to come into a situation where you're going to try to come up on an angelic being and declare, rebuke them and all that. And you're going to fail. Why? Because... You're not submitted to God. And you're out of line. You're out of place. You're not in authority. He is in authority. And when you submit to the authority, then because you are under authority, you will have authority to drive them out. Amen? But the moment you step out of line, the moment you're out of authority, the moment you are a rebellious person and get out of the authority that God has established, you will not overcome in your own flesh. So we talked about that. This is a supernatural battle. We talked about uh, putting on the full armor of God and how it's important because with this, we're going to be able to stand against the devil's schemes. You know, this is, Paul's emphasizing this again, and we're going to look at that today. He emphasizes here, uh, he said it in verse 11, put on the full armor of God. And today where we are in verse 13, he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So he reiterates an important point, that we must have the full armor of God on in order, in order, uh, so that when the day of evil comes, now let me ask you a question, do you think the day of evil is here? I would think so. I believe you, I, I, I believe today is a day of evil, and, and the day of evil is here. There are, there are things that are happening exponentially, things that are taking place within our world that we have never seen before. There are things happening, wickedness and, and, and lawlessness all over our land. The day of evil is here. And the only way for us to be able to stand, we must be fully clothed. We must have the full armor of God on in order to stand our ground. Hallelujah. You know, I was, uh, Paul makes this emphasis because we got to understand this is a daily battle we're in. We're in a spiritual battle daily. Uh, you're fighting against the, your flesh, you're fighting against the world, and you're fighting against the devil and his schemes that he brings through. I remember we talked about dev the devil is not God, he's not greater than God, he's a, he, can't even, he can't even lift a finger to God. Um, Satan isn't that, he's not omnipresent, he's not God, only God is omnipresent, God is everywhere, God can be everywhere at every, at every, at any moment. Satan has to use the fallen angels that, that rebelled with him, he has to use them to send those demons out to, to come masquerading as angels of, of light, to come and try to deceive people through false philosophies. Right now there is a philosophy in this world right now that is, there is a spiritual battle taking place and I don't know if you see it. But it is a battle to begin to create uh, uh, ethnic, ethnic wars, to create a, a, a situation 
where people begin to hate each other again for the, their ethnicity, for the color of their skin, and there are philosophies being taught that our own system is built this way, which is a lie from the pit of hell, but this is what is being taught to the generation, and so the generation is beginning to take this in, but you and I as a church, we need to be the light. The Bible says that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. God has a form of justice, and his justice is not the world's justice. His justice is different. It's equal for every. It doesn't matter, poor, rich, black, white, Hispanic. It doesn't matter what you are. Everyone is equal under the law of God. God will judge every man according to what he has done. That is God's way. That is the way that is supposed to be set up. And what is happening in our day today, and a philosophy that has entered into this world, is uh, critical race theory. This is a philosophy that's entered into the world and it's being pushed for a long, it's been happening for a while, but it's finally taking some root here in this country, and we are beginning to see the wars that are taking place. Why? This is a spiritual battle. This is a, this is a, um, a doctrine taught by demons. This is not from the Lord. And I want to tell you, if you're a Christian and you're reading any of these books that have to do with any of these philosophies, reject it and get it out of your life. And look to the book. Turn to your eyes to the book. Look to the Word of God. You want an answer for life? Look to the Word of God. Stop looking to the philosophies of men that are rooted in this earth and that are, 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 are best natural. You need a supernatural book. You need the Word of God in order to navigate through this life. And I want to encourage you. Why? Because the enemy, he's a schemer. He's a liar. He's been lying from the beginning. And of course, he's going to use these things that sound good. Oh, it may look this way. It may seem this way. And he causes there to be this enmity toward people. And this anger and the hostility, and we're seeing it in our world today. And this is why it's so important, Christians, that we understand that we must see the emphasis of putting on the full armor of God. And we put it on because the day of evil is here, and we got to be able to stand our ground. You know, what I was thinking about, um, in some translations, doesn't use the word stand your ground, but I like the way he put the, uh, the, the translator uh, put that there in this uh, version of it. Uh, of the Bible. I, I, I like how they put this NIV. I like the way he put that stand your ground. And it made me think about, you know, my wife and I had just, um, obviously because of the evil we're living in today, we have uh, taken uh, some uh, CWP classes and uh, a class to be able to uh, be able to take, use our first, uh, Second Amendment right to be able to bear arms and have uh, protection for our home. And so we, we took the class and we were just thinking about different things and we uh, were learning about laws and stuff. And it, as we were, because we've been in that, just thinking about these things, having a, a better understanding uh, so that we understand how to properly protect ourselves and how to do it in a way that's right. And so it brought me to uh, thinking about stand your ground laws. I want to read this to you from Wikipedia, uh, the meaning of stand your ground laws. L listen to this. A stand-your-ground law, sometimes called lying in the sand or no duty to retreat law, provides that people may use deadly force when they reasonably believe it to be necessary to defend against a threat of death. Serious bodily harm, kidnapping, rape, or in some jurisdictions, robbery or some other serious crimes, right of, uh, right of self-defense. Under such a law, people have no duty to retreat before using deadly force in self-defense, so as long 
as they are in, in a place where they are lawfully present. Stand your ground laws cannot be invoked by someone who is the initial aggressor or who is otherwise engaged in criminal activity. The exact details vary by jurisdiction. I mean, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, I love that in some states it's called the line in the sand or no duty to retreat, stand your ground laws. And I was thinking, in order for you and I as Christians to be able to stand our ground against the forces of darkness, against the evil that's in our day, we need to be putting on the full armor of God. And, and what's awesome about this is that we don't have any duty to retreat when we are submitted to God and have the full armor of God. We don't retreat. We, take, we go on the offense. We, in the sense, we are, we are defending what God has given we are beginning to, we have no reason to retreat when we see a threat coming our way. We're to stand, as the Bible says there. See, we're to take our stand. And when after all everything is done, stand. Don't retreat, don't be, but stand your ground. Because you what? You submitted to God. You have put on the full armor of God, and now the authority of heaven is upon your life. And, and, and when the, evils of force, uh, the evil forces of this world come at you, you're able to stand. You're able to Defend yourself, hallelujah, from these attacks of the enemy. You're able to defend your life. You might, well, pastor, man, no wonder. I, I, I've been going through some stuff in my life, and I feel like I keep losing. Submit yourself to the Lord. Put on the full armor of God and take your stand. Draw the line in the sand. You know, I, I remember uh, a movie, uh, Lord of the Rings, where Gandalf, this big demonic being was coming to fight them. And he, and, he, and he takes his staff and he drills it to the ground. And he says uh, to them, uh, you shall not pass. And that demon was, was basically dropped into the abyss. And uh, it was powerful. Why? When that, just, that, vip, that image just reminds me that's what we're doing as Christians. When we're under the authority of God and we put on the full armor of God, we say to those evil forces of darkness, you shall not pass. Amen. We, you are not going to pass this place. You're not going to go beyond this point. We are here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to take our stand against the evil schemes of the enemy. His trickery. We're able to stand. Amen. And this is important. This is important. Uh, we need to understand and we need to be able to, to, to know that we've got to stand our ground. Because we can defend ourselves from the schemes and the attacks of the devil. Uh, so we need to have the full armor. The word uh, armor in the Greek uh, basically means a spiritual, in this sense, of spiritual help supplied by God for overcoming the temptations of the devil. And, and among the Greeks, the, the panopelia, which is the Greek word, panopelia, was the complete equipment used by heavily armed infantry. So, when you put on armor, you're heavily armed, and you're ready for a battle. Guys, I said it last week, what person goes to war with flip-flops and a t-shirt and shorts? It just doesn't make any sense. You're not ready for a battle. You're lounging. You're having a good time. Man, but as Christians, we need to understand, we're in a battle. We need to be ready. We need to, we're in a battle for, for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be seen in this world we're fighting the forces of evil in this world. We are we're literally bringing the good news to our neighbors, our friends, our family. We're bringing that gospel. And there's a spiritual battle for the souls of men. But you and I can't be 
uh, coming in with flip-flops, you know, I'm speaking spiritually, just hanging out. No, this is about being engaged in the Lord and being rooted in Him. The Bible says, if we remain in Him and His Word remains in us, we will bear much fruit. Let me tell you, my dear brother and sister, if you are not in Christ, you will not bear the fruit of God. You're not going to bear good fruit. You're not going to give out, and your actions are not going to declare who Christ is. But I want to tell you today, there's a remedy for that. The Bible says, repent. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. If you've been in a in a in a, just a, a cold state in your faith, right now, today's a day for you to repent. Today's a day to come back to where you, your first love, to turn back to him and say, Lord, I have not been engaged in a battle. I've been losing. Why? Because I've been asleep spiritually. I've been living for my flesh. I have not done what you say. I have not denied myself and picked up my cross and followed you. But today, Lord, I repent. Of that, I come to you, Lord, and I ask you to revive my heart. The Bible says that the entrance of his word revives a soul. Hallelujah. God's word today is trying to revive you. That's why people don't want to come to church. They don't want to hear the word of God because they're going, the word of God is going to do something. It cuts right through all the phoniness of your life and it goes right to your heart. But I tell you today, if you're listening to the spirit of God, listen. I want you to see this armor, this word armor. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 11. <clears throat> Luke chapter 11, verse 21 through 22. I'm going to start in verse 17. How about that? This is important. Well, I'll start in verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, I, now if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive, them, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his, his own house, his, own, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the plunder. Whoever is, with me is a, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Man, this is awesome. Jesus, and this word, the word armor is found. I wanted to take you to this little spot here. I wanted there was a spiritual conflict that took place. Jesus drove out a demon from a mute demon from this man, and he is being accused of casting and driving out demons by a spirit of Satan, basically. And this was completely wrong. We know this. And what's awesome, he says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. Here, Jesus is likening Satan to a strong man who is fully armed. See, Satan was fully armed. He had 
possession of this body. He had possession of this person that Jesus drove out this evil spirit out of. But he was fully armed and he was entrenched there. And look what it says here. But, hallelujah, I love God's but, don't you? But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the plumber. Guess who Jesus is? He's a stronger one. He's a stronger man. Jesus is greater than Satan. He drove him out. So why would Satan drive out Satan? No, the stronger man came in, drove him out, and took the plunder. Hallelujah. The victory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I, when we operate under the control of the Holy Spirit and we're living our lives under submission to God, we begin to operate in his authority and the stronger one is greater than Satan. The Bible tells us greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is so true. As a Christian, you need to understand and grasp in your life that greater is he, Christ in you, is greater than he that is in the world. And he's a stronger man. Hallelujah. And there's no armor that Satan has that can keep Jesus from overcoming him. Hallelujah. And so this was a powerful place where you find this. Just a little thing I wanted to show you there about the armor. How important armor helps you to take your stand against your enemies, your foes. Let's look at the belt of truth. In biblical times, men and women wore tunics, which was a long robe. Whenever they were going to run, they would roll up the tunics, fasten it with their belts in, in order not to be impeded by movement. And, 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 and when it comes to, to that, they would, they, you know, they would have these long tight tunic things and they would try to run. You'll trip on yourself because it's kind of like almost like a skirt, but it's not. Just a long piece of cloth that you wear. And so they would, they would uh, tie them up with their belts so they could run. And imagine, for an armor, for, for when you clothe yourself with armor, the belt uh, actually holds everything in place. If you, if you take the belt off, everything falls. The sword falls off, the, the pants fall off, the, you know, the, the, the chest, uh, the, the breastplate doesn't uh, get on there right. I mean, everything goes wrong when you don't have your, your waist uh, fastened with a belt. It will impede your movement. It will impede you from being able to, to fight the good fight of faith. As believers, it's important to know that truth uh, is to know that we need the truth of God in order to stand against the enemy's lies. If you and I don't understand that we need to be in the truth of God's word, we need his word to lead us and guide us. The Bible says, your word, O Lord, is a lamp and a light unto my path. God's word is a, a lamp to our, uh, for our feet and a light into our path. We need God's word to see in this dark world. And the word of God is, is true. Amen? God's word is what we need. We, we, in, we must walk in the truth in order not to be impeded from moving towards the mission God has given each one of us. God has given us a mission. And that mission is to care, take the gospel and proclaim it to every creature on earth to declare the good news of Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples. This is our mission. And our purpose is to glorify him, is to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, to be in communion and, and, and to be in, in, in fellowship with the, with the creator of heaven and earth. But our mission is to take his message to the world and to tell people about it. Tell your neighbor, tell your friend. It's not to be kept at home. Remember, Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want you to see something about the armor. You know, something I, I want to give you a hint here. The armor is really we're putting on Jesus. He is truth. See, truth is a person. Jesus is truth. He is the truth. Jesus tells us that God's word, Jesus is the word of God. Remember in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Jesus is the word of God. And the Bible says in John 17, 17, that the word of God is truth. Truth. And God has given us the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in our lives, he is the spirit of truth. Jesus said, it's good that I go, because if I don't go, I won't, the, 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 the helper won't come, the comforter won't come. And he meant by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth in the life of a believer. He comes and he leads us and guides us into all truth. He empowers the believer to carry out the word of God in their life, to carry out the mission. And so we need to understand that when we put on truth, we're putting on the Lord, and he is what holds everything together you can't build your life on lies. You've got to build it on the truth. And his word is true. Jesus said it like this. He said it one time. I want, let me go there. Matthew chapter 7. I want to chop it up. Matthew chapter 7. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great when we put, to, we put into practice what Jesus says, his words, we're building our, our life on a firm foundation, a solid foundation. That when the turmoil, guys, you've got to understand, this is, there is no promise in the gospel of you not suffering, of you not going through things. That is not the gospel. If you're hearing that, I've told you this before, and I'm going to say it again. If all that's all you hear from these messages and preachers that are out there, get away quickly. That is not the gospel. It's going to lead you into, into uh, disillusionment. You're going to be dissatisfied. Why? Because they're telling you all this stuff and everything bad is going on around you. Man, if you just look at the word of God, you're going to see how the apostles suffered, how they went through things. They, they, the, the Bible says, Paul said, I was shipwrecked. I was beaten. Man, I almost died for the gospel. I'm an ambassador. You look, we, we were just read in Ephesians. He's an ambassador in chains. This is not the American gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he promises, he promises us eternal life with him. And we have to understand that when we suffer in this life, we're going to reign with him. Why? Because the Lord suffered. Man, Jesus isn't telling you what he hasn't been through. He's walked it, man. He walked it. He walked that road to Calvary for you and me. He was beaten unrecognizable. And this man never sinned. He was beaten unrecognizable for you and for me and for this world. And who are we to think that we're going to be 
so much greater than God that we'll have all this and all that. Man, let me tell you something. Get away from that stuff. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Look to his word. The word of God is truth. You need truth because if you build your faith on lies, you're going to crumble. When the winds and the tribulation of life come your way, you're going to crash greatly. It's going to be a great crash, but those who are in Christ are on a firm foundation that when the storms come, you are going to be immovable. Why? Because the one we believe in is immovable. Glory to God. He's risen, and he's coming again. And because we have assurance of faith, because we know our future is greater than what we're facing now, we can have hope in this world. We can hold fast to him in the turbulence of life. But you are not going to be able to do that if you're not rooted in truth. And he is the truth. Look to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is true. Let every man be alive, let your word be true, Lord God. Father, I pray for those watching, those here in this house, that they would understand we are in a spiritual battle, a battle for the souls of men, a battle for our allegiance. Are we going to be in is our allegiance going to lie with Satan or with Christ? And I pray today, Lord, that the, the, the person listening today, that they would turn their hearts over to you. The Bible says if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. There's no, there's no formula. There's no, it is by faith. It is by grace through faith. Is a gift of God. We confess Jesus as Lord. We believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you'll be saved. And God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He is a gift. He is our inheritance, guaranteeing our inheritance. He is a seal, the deposit of our inheritance to come. And yeah, we're going to experience some highs here. We're going to experience some awesome things in this world. But man, I'm going to tell you, there's also valleys. And you better know that God is the God of the valleys as well. That God is there in, your most, in the most difficult times because he's going through it too. And he knows what you're going through. Cast your cares upon him today because he cares for you. Hold fast to the Lord. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Lord, we ask these things in your precious name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Go share the gospel with someone this week.